Hello, and welcome to the Bear Facts on Health. I'm your host, WGN medical reporter, Dina Bear. This is the podcast that aims to help you take care of your body physically and mentally. I'll give you the facts and up-to-date research on cutting-edge medical treatments, technological advancements helping people heal, tips for diagnosing disease with ease, and advice on exercise and healthy eating. With so much noise and misinformation in the digital space, we aim to help you make informed decisions about your health. And today we're talking about COVID-19, originally referred to as novel coronavirus because it is a coronavirus, much like the common cold is a coronavirus. But this one was unique, novel when it first reared its ugly head in Wuhan, China. Since then, there's been a tremendous amount of concern, in some cases panic about the spread of the disease, as well as questions about how deadly it is and how quickly it spreads. In the weeks since its emergence, scientists and health officials have learned a great deal. One important thing they learned is COVID-19 dies on a person's hands when they wash thoroughly. That means soap and hot water for at least 20 seconds. And a new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows cleaning helps in the hospital as well. Researchers tested room surfaces of patients with COVID-19 on various days following diagnosis. Even when patients were still symptomatic, after routine cleaning, all surface samples were negative for the virus. It's further proof of original findings that COVID-19 does not live for a long time on surfaces. So if you get a package from China or even the next state, it was touched by someone with COVID-19, the virus will not still be alive on the package when it arrives at your home. But COVID-19 does spread from person to person through droplets, meaning when someone coughs or sneezes, if you're within reach of those droplets, you are likely to get COVID-19, much the same way you're likely to get a cold or the flu from being in close contact with an infected person. And there's some indication it can be spread through urine or feces. That same JAMA study on surfaces revealed the presence of COVID-19 in toilet bowls, bathroom door handles, and bathroom sinks, further indications of how critical hand washing can be. The virus is believed to have originally been spread from animals to humans and now is infectious from person to person. Humans, though, can infect their household pets, meaning your dog or cat can get COVID-19, but so far they've had lower viral levels than humans and have had very minor symptoms. Most healthy people have only experienced mild symptoms, coughing, fever, and labored breathing, again, similar to the seasonal flu. And like the flu, those with compromised immune systems, heart problems, anyone with asthma, COPD, and even smokers who have damaged lungs are more at risk. But the key is not to panic. Have perspective. There's no treatment for COVID-19, and there's no vaccine. There is a vaccine to fight the flu, but many Americans choose not to get it. They're nonchalant about a virus that kills, on average, 34,000 people in the U.S. every year. It infects 32 to 45 million people. By contrast, 100 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19, and so far this year, 11 people have died in this country. It's very difficult initially to tell the difference between this 
and the flu, and they present very similarly. And that's part of the problem is that we don't know initially just based on symptoms what you may have. The flu is a much bigger health problem than coronavirus at this time. What about the strength of COVID-19 versus the flu? According to the World Health Organization, COVID-19 is slightly more deadly than the seasonal flu, but COVID-19 does not spread as easily. North Shore University Health System Chief of Emergency Medicine, Dr. Ernest Wong, says most healthy people will survive an infection, many with only mild illness. The people that most at risk um, for the flu and for coronavirus do kind of fall into similar populations. If you're older, if you have chronic medical conditions like heart disease, diabetes, if you smoke, if you have chronic respiratory conditions. So yes, so those patients are, are, are generally more at risk. Since its inception as a novel coronavirus, previously unknown, scientists have learned a great deal about COVID-19 and how it's spread. The most concerning to citizens is human to human or community spread where the patient develops the infection and has no known contact with uh, anyone from China or area where there's a current outbreak. We know it can be spread person to person because uh, um, spouses of uh, the patients who have been tested positive have contracted it. Hand washing is the number one uh, way to protect yourself because you uh, wash your hands and you uh, kill the virus. The common cold is a coronavirus. Other more virulent strains have caused mass hysteria before. SARS in 2002, MERS in 2012. There was the swine flu epidemic in 2009 and Ebola in 2014. These infectious disease outbreaks all resolved without wiping out entire populations. This virus I think is sneaky. People can have it and they don't exhibit symptoms and their carriers and people survive with the infection so they can then pass it on to other people. Already infectious disease experts are testing a currently prescribed antiviral medication called remdesivir against COVID-19. It's the first step to reduce the power of this virus and help patients recover faster with less severe symptoms. And right here in Chicago, scientists are working to develop a new drug to treat COVID-19. They began this research more than 15 years ago and are now capitalizing on past successes against coronavirus to treat this new threat. The pace of research is going very fast. The race is back on. When news of a novel coronavirus surfaced, the lab at Northwestern Medicine jumped into action, picking up where work left off after the SARS outbreak in 2003-2004. When SARS uh, went away, that much of the research that was very active at the time also um, stopped and because there was no financial incentive to continue that work. So now we're trying to reboot many of those projects. The targets? Proteins that help the novel coronavirus replicate in the body. There are 28 of them, and researchers are trying to map each one. Some they already know are identical to the SARS virus. That's our protein. This will go through our, um, our machines in the other room, and it'll purify only that, and it'll leave a really clean fraction. Once scientists can see the structure of each protein, they can figure out a way to attack it. We're really interested in targeting the machinery that makes the virus. So a virus will come into a cell in your body and begin to replicate itself uncontrolled until it bursts out of the cell to enter into cells next um, neighboring cells. If we can actually put something in that stops 
a piece of that machinery that helps that virus to grow and help that virus to make more other viral particles, that's the best place to stop it. What Dr. Carla Satchel and her team don't want to stop, the momentum they've built in the last several weeks, a lesson learned from the SARS epidemic. What we're looking at right now is even if it does drop in the spring, there's deep concern that it will actually uh, come up again in the fall. And so we certainly will keep going quite vigilant through the summer and into the fall and see if it reemerges. Right now they've mapped four proteins and are set to share those 3D images with scientists around the world. In terms of how fast a drug could be developed, that may take 18 months to two years. At the same time, the Centers for Disease Control is working furiously to develop test kits to accurately identify COVID-19. Since there's a limited supply, not everyone who exhibits symptoms will be tested right now. So let's break down the criteria on this record date of March 5th, as Illinois state health officials ask for more resources, particularly more testing supplies, since it takes two samples, both a nasal and throat swab, to confirm COVID-19 illness. We are requesting that CDC provide an uninterrupted supply of testing materials. That was Illinois Department of Public Health Director Ngozi Azike testifying at a House committee meeting. Meantime, back home, Cook County Department of Public Health physician Dr. Rachel Rubin says the testing process should begin with a phone call, not a visit to the hospital. What we would like them to do is to call their local health department, like immediately. All right. They can also call their own physician, but to please call the health department. We will then, we have a questionnaire that we go through where we determine what their symptoms are. These are the guidelines local and national health care workers are following to initiate COVID-19 testing. People with fever, cough, shortness of breath, and other respiratory illness, only if, one, they've been in close contact with a laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 case, or two, have a history of travel to countries considered by the Centers for Disease Control as level three threats. Right now, that's China, Iran, Italy, and South Korea. Third, testing is indicated for people with no identified exposure if they're experiencing fever and an acute lower respiratory illness like pneumonia without an alternative explanation like the flu. When you're in the hospital, you need hospitalization, other things have been ruled out. Flu has been ruled out, bacterial pneumonia has been ruled out, other viral illnesses have been ruled out, and we don't have any reason. Then we are testing people. If it's determined the patient on the phone requires testing, we will then arrange for them to be received at a local emergency department uh, where they will then be met um, at the door, a mask put on, and they will immediately be put into isolation. And the individuals, the caregivers that will be interacting with them will be in the appropriate personal protective equipment. Specimens are taken, a nasal and throat swab. The samples are packaged and sent to one of three state labs for evaluation. This lab in Springfield, Carbondale, or Chicago. Samples that test positive are also sent to CDC for confirmation. It takes 24 hours to get results. In that intervening time while they're in the emergency room, if they are sick enough to be admitted to the hospital, they will be admitted to an isolation room, what we call reverse isolation room, so that the airflow is in and not out. If they are well enough to go home, we send them home with some masks and say, please go home and isolate yourselves. It's an honor system. 
healthcare officials check in twice daily via email or a telephone call. They ask for the patient's temperature and about any respiratory symptoms. So far, 200 people have been tested in Illinois, but earlier, about 1,000 suspected cases were sent directly to the CDC. As the illness spreads, Dr. Rubin says more resources are needed. Illinois currently has the ability to test 1,000 more patients. We need more tests, and we need more tests desperately and quickly. Moving forward, all Illinois cases will be tested right here in the state for a more rapid diagnosis. Of course, that depends on the receipt of more testing kits. Also, even people who've tested negative but know they've been exposed to COVID-19 must be isolated. 14 days, no contact with anyone. But health officials are not posting guards or enforcing home isolation. They're hoping people will be on board with the efforts to contain the spread of COVID-19. At this point, the best medical minds don't know if this will be a one-season infection or if COVID-19 will return every year as the seasonal flu does. And for that reason, they're also working on a vaccine. We will update you on those efforts and bring you the latest COVID-19 news on the WGN-TV website and, of course, in subsequent episodes of our podcast concerning this worldwide health threat. I hope this week's podcast was helpful to you. Remember, you can subscribe to the Bare Facts on Health on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dina Bear. Until next week, take care of yourself and be well.